Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Cal hits a high fly ball, deep right field. Going back. On one of the most important days of the baseball season, why not have one of the best broadcasters to give the home run call of the day? Dave Sims, Cal Raleigh with the Seattle Mariners home run. The Mariners win. Yes, they win. The end of July, 17-9, the best record tied with the Orioles for the best record in the entire month, entire Major League Baseball. And how do they celebrate right before they win? Well, they trade away the closer, Paul Seawold and an outfielder and A.J. Pollock. They traded away, guys. But I implore you to go back and listen to Jerry DePoto. Jerry DePoto on this podcast, president of baseball operations for the Seattle Mariners, talking about going back a couple years ago when they were in it, they trade Kendall Graveman, and there is some awkward, awkward moments. Some awkward moments when it came to that clubhouse, how they felt, what are you doing, trading away at close. They did it again. They did it again. And here they're sitting in a similar situation. They're only three and a half games out of the wild card. It is setting up to be a crazy deadline. And you know what? This is why we're doing this podcast. Normally, as you know, we usually have a cavalcade of guests. Yesterday, that was no exception. We had Sam Dykstra. He was so good. MLB Pipeline breaking down all the prospects. You had also Cordy Finnecom, voice of the fan, voice of the, the team that isn't in it, is selling. I loved it. I love Cordy. Perspective, and then of course we had the power rankings with Skiff and producer Evan, who once again just nailed the power rankings because they did it in two different ways and just led to awesome conversation. And the power rankings, well, power rankings are going to look completely different in about a week, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the here and now. I, like I said, usually this podcast is players, managers, general managers, commissioners. Uh, 
reporters, actors, whoever it is. But today, it's just me getting you pumped up for the deadline and then throughout the day reacting to what happens. So that's what we're doing. And it's easy to get pumped up for the day. It is such a weird deadline. It is such a weird perspective. We have been waiting and waiting and waiting to figure out who's buying, who's selling. I mean, is there a better example than the Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs looked like they were just dead in the water a couple of weeks ago. But Jed Hoyer sitting there, even after the Red Sox take care of business and they take two out of three and they hit their low, the Cubs hit their low point. Even after that, they're looking at it and they're saying, look at the run differential, look at the run differential. And as he said, there's no banners for run differential. But as we sit here, they're plus 56 and run differential. They're also three and a half games out, and they have made it clear. They made it clear the day before. They are buying, not selling. The first move, we're not we're not trading Bellinger. All right, that's all well and good, but are you going to sit around? No, they're not going to sit around. They got Jamer Candelario, like one of the most coveted bats they go out and get. So the, clearly they're buyers. And now, you know, this is the tricky part. You're sitting three and a half games out. Now, after winning eight in a row, you've lost two in a row. They are the microcosm of everything with baseball right now. It is so wild and so crazy in regards to what teams are going to do, how they view themselves. Another example, the Cleveland Guardians. Aaron Tavali, one of their best pitchers, if not their best starter. Well, you're one game out. You're one game out, and you trade them. You trade him for your first baseman of the future. It's one way to go. And none of this means that you are going to lose. None of this means that, hey, if you sell, you're going like, to go down the tubes. And this is another fascinating part of this, is that how does the clubhouse react? What's the perspective of things? You know, I just wrote today about the Red Sox. The last two Augusts, they've gone 12 and 16. And two different situations. In 2021, on the trade deadline, they're 19 games up, 19 games over 500. Yet the perception in that clubhouse was that you didn't do enough. You got Kyle Schorber, who wasn't playing for a couple weeks because of the hamstrings. You got a couple second tier relievers in Austin Davis and Ansel Robles. The perception was you, you didn't do enough. And sure enough, what do you know? They don't do well. They, As we said, they go 12 and 16 in August and really, really start out the first half of that month in poor form. So how does the clubhouse react? What does that mean? There is no absolutes in situations, but in this in this day and age of baseball, as we sit here, 2023 uh, Major League Baseball trade deadline, it is nuttier and more unpredictable than ever. And some of these trades, we've already seen this, Right. I mean, we've already seen the All-In Angels. We've already seen the All-In Rangers. We've already seen this. And where's that led them? Well, the Angels, okay. After they they make their moves, the Giolito moves, proclaiming that Shohei Otani isn't going anywhere, you lose two straight to the, to the Blue Jays. But then, what do you know? You won two straight. And what do you know? You're three, only three games back. They're not drawing back now. The Rangers, the Rangers make their move. They've lost three in a row. They're clinging half-game lead over the over the Astros, who also made a move in Graven, and now are being talked about for Verlander. 
I'm throwing around a lot of names. I'm throwing around a lot of situations, a lot of scenarios. All we know is this. is it, It's kooky. It's chaotic. Let's go back, and before we get – I'm going to go through the standings in a second. I'm going to go through who's buying, who's selling, where teams are at in a second. But I want to go back to the last year and because we like science. History, please be our guide. And history, I don't know if history can be our guide off of last year, but let's just take a whirl at what happened last year. In August, as we said, this is where sort of teams, you hope that you get the springboard from the trade deadline. You hope this defines yourself. Certainly, I think this year more than ever, these teams, like we mentioned the Red Sox going 12 and 16 in, in August, you can't do that. This team, this year, you have to be able to have a good August because everything is set on the cliff with so many teams. If you do not do well out of the gate here in August, then it gets really, really uncomfortable. But last year, let's look at the teams that did the best in August. The Dodgers dominated in August. They're 22-6. and six. What did they do at the deadline? Well... They went out and got Joey Gallo, sort of a reclamation project from the Yankees, who are obviously in it, and Chris Martin, a valuable piece. Nothing, no shock and awe there, but they were a good team. They didn't really need to do much. They were sort of loaded anyway. The Cardinals, they also had a great August, 22-7. and Now, they made a couple key moves that actually helped get that record. Jose and Quintana, they went out and got. He ends up with a 201 ERA for the Cardinals in his starts. And Chris Stratt, a guy they just ended up trading once again the Rangers, well, in 20 appearances for the Cardinals after being traded from Pittsburgh, 278 ERA. So the Dodgers, Cardinals, both over 20 wins. Mets, not that far off. Mets, 1911. They made moves. Tyler Naquin, Vogelbach, Michael Givens, Darren Ruff. But did any of those guys make an enormous difference? No, but you know what might have made an enormous difference? Just the fact they got somebody. You got four guys. You got four guys, and maybe that says to those guys in that clubhouse, that was a difference maker. They go 19-11. The Braves, of course. Of course. 18-10. and 10. And you go back and look at that 2021, the well-publicized trade deadline that led them to the World Series where they got Soler, they got Peterson, they got Duvall, you know, they got uh, Rosario. So you, they, you, they go back to that deadline where they're, I believe, two games under 500. And then next thing you know, they're winning the World Series after making these moves. Well, the Braves last year, they went 18 and 10 in August, but they made some good moves. And this is what Travis Starno said this after making those moves in 2021 that they all fit, that they all fit perfect. And this is a big part of this. You cannot get guys who do not fit. And the Braves, they did it again last year 18 and 10. Raziel Iglesias, closer. Jake Odorizzi, Robbie Grossman. No, nobody's going to blow you away, but. It just all fit. And the Phillies, 18-11 in August last year. Noah Syndergaard, okay, but David Robertson. David Robertson was a good move for them. Now, the Rays, they go 18-9. Again, a very, very good. They crept back in the race with the Yankees. And really, like, they got back Jose Siri in that three-wheel, three-way trade with Trey Mancini and David Peralta. Again, nothing that's going to like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe they did this. But sometimes just getting some guys, and they didn't give up hardly anything in that Jose Siri deal. They didn't give up anything, but they got some guys back. 
So you look at the Astros. The Astros obviously go on to win the World Series. They go 17-11. So they didn't draw back. They moved forward in August. They got Christian Vasquez and Trey Mancini. A couple of guys who, you know, maybe didn't have huge roles in the last couple of months. But again, sent the right message. And let's go back to the Mariners. The aforementioned Mariners. The Mariners where right now we're just waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. Okay. Okay, Jerry DePoto. You did your selling. Now when comes the buying? Or is the buying going to come? Or do you feel like you've supplemented just enough that you could you could afford to lose these guys? Well, last year they go 17 and 10 in August. They get back, they made a move, and they made the right moves. Not only did they get Luis Castillo a few days before the deadline, and by the way, whew, giving up a lot. But Jake Lamb, Kurt Casale, Matthew Boyd. Whatever it was, it fit. Now, then you have the Padres. The Padres, who had a decent August. They go, they're the team that goes all in. Let's go, Padres. Josh Hader, Juan Soto. All right. Now you have the teams that sort of had the sad trombone in August after making some moves. The Brewers, well documented. Three games up. For some reason, they trade Josh Hader. They go 12 and 15 in August. The Blue Jays, they make a significant move. They go get uh, Whit Merrifield. A pretty big move at the time. They go 13 and 14 in August. Not great. The Twins, oh, man, they probably wanted their deadline back, to be honest with you. They wanted, they got Tyler Molly. 14 and 14 they go in August after getting him. But more importantly and more notable, they gave up Encarnacion Strand and Spencer Steer, two guys who are currently key parts of the Reds or contributing to the Reds. And... Jorge Lopez, you know, Jorge Lopez was a guy who, you know, so he was a closer for the, obviously, closer, and he hasn't had a great year, was just dealt again. The Yankees, the Yankees, that well, whatever moves they made, it didn't work because they ended up going 10 and 18 in August. And this is the following year after doing the Anthony Rizzo trade and being universally applauded for making the right move there. They go out and got what they thought was key pieces. I mean, they did not sit on their hands. They got Frankie Montas, they got Lou Trevino, they got Scott Efros, you got Harrison Bader, and you got Andrew Benintendi. All pieces, like that, a lot of people, I'm sure you go back to the grading, they say, hey, Yankees, good for you. You get an A. Well, they went 10 and 18 in, in August, and it never, it never clicked for them after that, really. Okay, now let's get to the, a team that probably gets the highest grade when it comes to the trade deadline. I'll give you two teams. Both teams are competing right now and set themselves up. This is the other side of it. This is the flip side of it. The Orioles... The Orioles, yeah, they trade Mancini. They bite the bullet. But they also got Cano, one of the best setup guys, a guy who, like, who knew? He only pitched a couple times for the Orioles after they got him, after the deadline last year. And then he ends up being one of the best setup guys in the baseball this year. And to top things off, you go 17-10 and 10 in August. So it's not like you fell apart. You actually got momentum heading into this year off of whatever moves you made. And then you have the Reds. The Reds, they had a terrible August last year. 11, 11 and 17. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> Their top two prospects, 
This year, right now on MLB Pipeline, they got in the trade deadline deal for Luis Castillo last year. And as I mentioned before, you also got Encarnacion Strand and Spencer Steer in the Tyler Molly trade. So I think you did all right for yourself. I think you could go back and look at that August of going 11 and 17, and you're going to be okay. So there's your history lesson. What does it all mean? I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I do know that for a lot of these teams, you look at some of these teams that made these moves, like the Braves, it's about finding the right pieces in the clubhouse, on the field, all of it. So now we have, what do we have as we head to the trade deadline? And by the time you listen to this, moves have already been made, but we want to set the scene as well as we can. So you obviously have the Orioles as a buyer. They're still, you know, you've, you've gotten one relief pitcher, but still you haven't done a lot. You would seem to need to get a starter. Uh, we'll see what starter they get. They have to get a starter. I don't think there's any question about it. They're a game and a half up on the Rays. The Rays just went out. They were aggressive. They go out and get a starter from, from Cleveland. So the Rays are being aggressive. The Blue Jays are being aggressive. you got Jordan Hicks, a reliever, but all of a sudden now this question about Bochet's knee. What do you have to do there? Does that affect what they do at the trade deadline? I mean, I, I guess if you're going to have something like that happen, you better have it a day before the deadline instead of the day after. But right now they're a wild card team. The Red Sox, they're two and a half gap games back. They could go either way. They got guys coming back, Sales, Story, Whitlock, Hauk, but this is a perfect example. You cannot take the step the other way. They need to read the room the right way, right out of the gate. They cannot afford to have another bad August. How about the Yankees? The Yankees seemingly a mess, but still only three and a half back of the wild card, have lost their last couple. Could they be? Now it looks like maybe, maybe, maybe they might be sellers for the first time since 2016. 2016. So my guess, still three and a half back. You aren't going to like get uncomfortable and, and maybe absolutely sell on the farm because it's the Yankees and you're still three and a half back. The Twins, you're welcome, Twins. You're welcome. Your chief competitor, who's only a game out, they just traded away their best closer. I mean, I'm sorry, their best starter. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? This is going to be the ultimate test. But the, the Twins need a bat, it seems like. See what they're going to move. They have to do something, I don't imagine. Still a game back. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you have Aaron Savali going to the, to the Rays. It doesn't matter. You can, you can roll out the, the Guardians and say, you know, they got a bunch of minor leaguers. There's still a game, game back, and anything can happen in the last couple of months. Well, we know that the, seller, the sellers are, and there's the last three teams in this division, Detroit, the White Sox, Kansas City. White Sox, I've already done a ton of their selling. Middleton could be an interesting piece. I think that he he's the one guy that I could see absolutely helping a team in a bullpen getting dealt. The Tigers, you obviously have Michael Lorenz and Eduardo Rodriguez, two guys who are potentially free agents at the end of the year. They are holding out, holding out, holding out, because you know what? They got the golden tickets right now in the starting pitching market, not named Justin Verlander. All right, the Rangers clinging to that half-game lead. Houston, obviously, they're a game up in the wild card. And then you have the Angels and Mariners, three and three and a half games respectively out of the wild card. They, it, the Angels, whew, 
I mean, it is going to be a wild ride. I can't imagine that teams like the Mariners are are just going to sell off Seawald and Pollock and just say, okay, you know, we give up. I can't imagine. Especially, can you factor this in? I'll say it again. They have the best record of tied with the Orioles in the month of July. And if you were the San Diego Padres and you're the Mariners, you'd be like, okay, this by everybody. But they're not. Uh, and like you said, Jerry Depoto likes a little buying, likes a little selling. We'll see where he lands. All right. Braves, obviously a buyer, running away with things. The Phillies, they're a half game up in the wild card. Marlins in the wild card, half game up or half game behind the Phillies. So those are the teams that are jockeying. You saw the Mar- Marlins already get David Robertson. Phillies, you think they're going to sit around? No. I mean, much like last year, they didn't sit around. It helped them. They took off. The Reds, they are currently all of a sudden in first place because the Brewers have lost four in a row. So the Brewers make a move. They get a bat, finally. But they've lost four in a row. They're a game and a half back, and but they are a wild card team right now. Game and a half back of the Reds. And then you have the Cubs. Whew, man, it is... As I said, the Cubs are the epitome of everything that is the trade deadline this year. Three and a half back, get a lot of hope, eight games games in a row wins, but then you lose two in a row. But you can hang your hat on that plus 56 run differential. By the way, the Reds, all of a sudden, they are the other team in the Central who have a plus run differential. Pirates, Cardinals, Sellers, you know that. So they have the Dodgers. Dodgers have made some moves, but are they going to make the big move? They're two and a half up on the Giants, three and a half up on the Diamondbacks. So are they going to make that big move or are they going to keep doing what they've done, which is get pieces they think can help, maybe have underperformed a little bit, the Lancelin, the Joe Kelly, those sort of deals? Uh, or are they going to make the, the, the big push for Verland or something like that? So Arizona, I said this all along. I felt like Mike Hazen, they've shown it before. If they're in position, they will go for it. J.D. Martinez is 2017. There you have it. The Giants, well, the Giants get A.J. Pollock, so they're still buying. They're in a good spot. They're a game up in the wild guard, two and a half, as he said. Now, here, co- here we go. If the Cubs are the microcosm of the trade deadline, the Padres are the most intriguing one. They're five games back. They just lost their game after winning some, some uh, have a little bit of a win streak. They're a plus 62 run differential. Are they going to actually buy? Are they going to sit there, not trade Hader, not trade Snell, or are they going to trade those guys? I think this is the most fascinating team in the entire trade deadline. And in what is an extremely, extremely fascinating trade deadline. All right, well, by the time you listen to this, I don't know, maybe a lot of these moves have been made. But here, soak it in. This is your deadline. This is your trade deadline in the chaotic world of Major League Baseball right now. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I... uh... I look over at my dad and I I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Choose stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.